How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. I know it's been a long time since I have recorded an episode, been um, close to eight months now. Uh, you know, is what it is. I'm sorry, it's been crazy, life's been wild, but uh, even more importantly, the fights this year have been absolutely nuts. I'm sorry I haven't been here commentating on those fights for you and recapping everything. But uh, I am back, and I will be back every week from now on. Things are have finally settled down a little bit here. So uh, I'm excited to uh, get started this week. UFC 266 uh, last weekend was absolutely bonkers. Let's just go right on through the card, and uh, we'll start with Matthew Sellensberger, who was on the uh, prelims 15-second knockout, defeating Martin, uh, Martin Santo. Sano? Sano, yeah. Again, terrible with names. Nothing has changed with me here, but yeah, defeating Martin Sano, Sano uh, 15-second first-round knockout, um, absolutely a piston of a right hand that landed on the chin. Incredible, incredible stuff, and that was really just preparing us for uh, things to come, because this card was absolutely nuts from start to finish. Moving on, Jalen, the Tarantula Turner coming back from a year layoff. Defeating Euros Medic, who was undefeated to that point, and a lot of people were uh, excited about new prospect. Uh, looked fan- this looked fantastic so far, and uh, really just dominated the- dominated that fight from start to finish. Uh, yes, it was only a one round fight, but I mean, Medic really had no uh, no shot really winning that fight. It wasn't. It didn't even look close. Uh, Jalen just completely outclassed him and ended up finishing him with a rear naked choke. In the first round, uh, and Jalen was super excited. I know he had had a long time off there. I, I don't know if it, I know it was injuries. I don't know if it was an ACL problem or something else. I'm not. I'm not certain. I didn't. I don't remember. But uh, he looked absolutely sensational in his comeback. And I love watching that guy fight. I don't know about you guys, but uh, he's fun to watch. He's a really uh, crafty striker, and and I guess as we've seen, very uh, very solid ground game as well. Was able to get the takedown and finish him fairly quickly after that. And then a fun, fun heavyweight fight in, with Chris Dukakis. And this name is something else. Shil. Shamali. Sham. Shamil. Ab. Jesus, I can't even pronounce his last name. Aberkimov? Anyway, Chris Dukakis is, if y'all didn't know after this fight, I mean, y'all know after this fight, but I don't know if you knew before, a real exciting heavyweight prospect coming into the UFC. And uh, got the finish, second round TKO. Looks sensational in that fight as well. His striking is really, really crisp, especially for heavyweight. Um, you're not seeing, you know, a lot of the heavyweights of old anymore with it's just power. There's no skill. I mean, these guys, I mean, you see it in Cyril Gone, Absolute, I mean, technical genius. Not genius. I mean, geniuses might be a little bit of a overstatement, but I mean technical monsters these guys don't just hit hard they really really know how to fight now and the heavyweight division is just so much fun you got guys like obviously you know chris dukaukas like i said cyril gone francis and gone are the champion obviously um what's that one guy's name uh tom aspinall who is a uh, sensational as well and the heavyweight division is really just going to keep getting better and better um from here and it's going to be really all these new prospects are so exciting to watch 
Uh, like I said, super technical, and uh, it's going to be real exciting to watch the heavyweight division from uh, here on out. And then, of course, you got Dan Hooker and Narast Harquast. If I don't know if I pronounced that right at all, but both these guys, Dan Hooker, had visa issues, couldn't get here. I think, I believe he flew in the Friday, not the Friday, maybe that Thursday night, Friday morning during before the weigh-ins. And same thing with Harquist. Um, his mom passed, I believe, so he had to go home to I don't know if it was Germany or wherever he's from. But uh, hats off to both these guys just for I mean, make one making weight that's crazy to cut weight while on a however long that flight is from New Zealand and Germany to to Las Vegas probably 10 12 hours at least um and to be cutting weight that whole time is in, is, is absolutely crazy uh, but Dan Hooker's gets it done here absolutely dominant performance from him uh normally you see him more uh striking his opponents and uh not so much with the ground game but man Dan Hooker really took him down and smashed him on the ground looked fucking fantastic i don't know where he learned that from but i guess city kickboxing's got some wrestlers too uh, i know his jiu-jitsu's always been good but i mean his wrestling looked sensational it was it was really incredible to watch um maybe a newly transformed dan hooker here we'll see what happens in the future we'll see who he fights next but i mean looks absolutely good uh fantastic uh, i know one of the judges even gave him a 10-8 round i believe it was the second round but i'll have to go back and watch that fight because he just looked incredible. And then Marab Davalish. God, I can never pronounce this guy's last name. Uh, let's call Marab. Marab and Marlon Marias. I mean, what an incredible, incredible first round that was. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more in a round. I mean, Marlon Marias came out and just looked like, well, I mean, what looked like he was just going to starch him. He hit him with everything and the kitchen sink, and Marab just kept moving forward and kept moving forward. Ran away, came back, took some more punishment, and then, I mean, his wrestling prowess is just absolutely sensational. So he was able to uh, take uh, get the clinch, kind of hold him there against the fence, recover, get the takedown, and then get on top and almost finish the fight in the first round. Obviously, he didn't finish the fight in the first round. And after that first round, I was like, man, Marias is, might be in trouble here. And then immediately, Marab gets the takedown and finishes him on the ground in the second round with a TKO. I mean, absolute. I mean, this guy, I, I've been I've been thinking it. I don't know if I've said it publicly. <laughs> publicly, like, this is a huge platform. But uh, I don't know if I've said it on here before. But I think he's going to be champ one day, Marab. I mean, after what we, I mean, after that, I mean, him surviving, we've never really seen him in trouble before. He usually just is able to get a takedown, you know, work his way into either a submission or a TKO. Sometimes he'll, you know, get a decision in there, dominant decision, but a decision nonetheless. But this is the first time I've seen him look this good. We've seen, we've really seen, this is, this is really the fight where we've seen what this guy's made of. I mean, he's not going to... When he faces adversity, what happens? We, we, fuck, we saw what happened. Looks absolutely fantastic. And I don't know what's next for Marlon Marais. I think this is his third loss in a row. I know he lost to Sanhagen. lost to Marab. I don't know who else we, who he had lost to. Um, I, don't think, I don't know how many... I think he's only had one win since uh, his fight with uh, Henry Cejudo back in 2018, 2018 for that title fight. I don't know. 
don't know. We'll see what happens with him. Uh, wish the best for him. And then Jessica Andrade again, proving she is absolutely the best flyweight in the world, not named Valentina Shevchenko. I really like her at flyweight, actually. Oh, I don't know if 115. I know she was champ at 115, but I don't know if she cuts too much weight and doesn't want to fight at 115 anymore. And just I don't I don't know what the deal is there because she had fight at one fought at 135 in the past, but I really like her here at 125, defeating Cynthia Calvillo first round TKO. Um, again, looked great. She made quick work of uh. Excuse me. Apologize. I had a burp there. That was disgusting. But uh, she made quick work of, uh, what's her name? Caitlin Chukagian uh, when she fought her. And again, made quick work of Cynthia Calvillo. I mean, and these two girls are uh, considered, you know, one of the best in their, divi in, in their division. So I don't know. I don't know what's next for Valentina. I don't know if she's going to go back up and fight Amanda Nunes. I mean, <laughs> really, that's. The only I I think is the only fight for her. Um, is that is at 135? Maybe let these girls at 125 kind of figure out what's going on before, because there's not really a clear contender right now. You can't you can't put Andrade back in there after she just got dominated by her. Uh, Lauren, I mean, oof. we'll get into the Lauren Murphy fight, but man, it's it's tough for these girls at 125 if Shevchenko is champion. And then Curtis Blades defeats Terzinho Rosenstrike via decision. Uh, nothing to really say there. Curtis Blades really just dominated uh, Rosenstrike. Uh, Rosenstrike did land a couple clean uh, clean combinations that closed uh, the right eye of Curtis Blades. And, but Curtis Blades' is, wrestling is just too much for almost anybody in the heavyweight division. If he can get his hands on you, it's going to be a problem. But yeah, it looked fantastic. And then, feature bout of the evening, a five-round fight, which was very interesting between uh, Robbie Lawler and Nick Diaz. And um, just watched an interview with Dana White after the Contender Series, and he said he was impressed with Nick Diaz, and I, I was as well. Uh, between, with all the weird stuff going on, that interview he did with uh, Brett Akamoto didn't seem like he really wanted the fight. I don't know if that's just Nick Diaz being Nick Diaz, and, you know, he's not great on the mic. I mean, if he wins a fight, obviously he's pumped up and he's great, but... And but, man, it's tough to listen to him talk. I don't know. I don't think it's, I don't think it's brain trauma. I just think that's just the way he is. He's just kind of a weird guy. Um, but yeah, I made him Robbie fight at 185. That was weird. It just seemed like all fight week, he. It almost made it seem like he didn't want to fight, but then he gets in there and he looks pretty damn good. Uh, comes out and throws a a big spinning back a big spinning back kick. Obviously didn't land. Robbie gets a hold of him, but. He got beat up for the first minute, and I was like, ugh. Man, I don't, I don't know about this. And then came back and looked fantastic in the rest of the fight. I mean, clean boxing combinations as always. I know everybody was worried about him uh, watching him shadow box, but, I mean, that's just kind of how he shadow boxes. I saw a comparison of him shadow boxing in like 2012, 2009. I think it was when he fought Anderson Silva, and then a, a video of him shadow boxing this last week, and it looked the exact same. It just it looks stiff because I everything he throws is so technical. It's like 
I don't know. Obviously, you can't see me, so I was going to throw him. But, like, left hook is, like, what do you say? It's, like, textbook left hook, textbook jab, and he's not throwing to, and when he's shadow boxing to, you know, really land combinations. So, it just looks kind of odd and stiff, but it's that's just how he's always looked. Um, I went back and watched some of his older fights in Strike Force, and he looked almost the same. I don't know if it was the six-year layoff, which is absolutely insane that he took a six-year layoff and fought a guy in Robbie Lawler who hasn't seemed like he has taken a day off uh, since he's gotten back in the UFC since he was champion and looked as good as he did. I don't like that people said he quit. I don't know why he even took a five-round fight. I don't know. But... Um, it looked like to me his nose just shattered on him, and I mean it's if he gets hit there again he's probably gonna go down anyway. And Robbie's not stupid enough to go to the ground with him, so he was just gonna have him stand up. And he was like, "I'm not taking any more punishment to my nose." So hey, you know it is what it is. Robbie gets the finish, third round TKO. Uh, I don't know if we'll see more of Nick Diaz. I really hope we do. I think he should take these fights. I don't know, maybe a big money opportunity for him. He said he wanted to fight Kamaru Usman, but that's, I mean, let's let's be honest. He didn't look he didn't look bad in that fight, but he is don't do please do not let him fight Kamaru Usman. That would not be good for him. Let him fight guys like Robbie Lawler. It's perfect, great fight. I'd watch that fight every single weekend. I'm actually gonna go back after this episode and <laughs> probably go watch that fight. So, and then no surprise to anybody, but Valentina Shevchenko defeats Lauren Murphy, fourth round TKO. Um, she didn't really look like Valentina didn't really look like she was on the attack as much as she has normally like that first round she kind of fills you out and then second round she she goes for the kill you know a la Jessica I and uh, Jessica Andrade as well but um she didn't really attack Lauren until that fourth round I think Lauren stepped on her foot after she threw a punch and it looked like she dropped her and Shevchenko was like fuck you man you think you dropped me? Watch this. And just... How tough is Lauren Murphy? How tough is that girl? Because she took a barrage of punishment in that finishing sequence and didn't get... I mean, she had finished, but she didn't get knocked out. Any any lesser of a woman or man. I mean, if I was in there, I would have probably been knocked out cold. It was. She's absolutely terrifying to fight. She hits so hard. Everything is, is with precision and with purpose i just anybody who is striking right now who who takes muay thai boxing anything with your hands kickboxing watch valentina throw punches and kicks everything is perfect technique perfect timing no no wasted movement whatsoever i mean my my game i try to there's certain things I do though. It's like, oh, Valentina does that. Let me, let me, let me give that a try. And obviously, it never works. I'm fucking terrible. But model yourself off of the way she throws punches because it's absolutely incredible to watch. But she, uh, she defeats you know Lauren Murphy. Who, who would have thought? I know all the girl. Every time a girl fights Valentina, is she's never fought a girl like me. Well, you've never fought a girl like her. So, take that. All right, getting to the main event of the evening. Alexander Volkanovsky, Brian Ortega. Guys, 
What a fight. What a fight. I mean, you could not ask for anything more from a fight than that. That was my fight, per- my personal fight of the year. The UFC 266 is my event of the year, let alone Alexander Volkanovsky, Brian Ortega being the fi- my fight of the year. How Volkanovsky got out of those submissions, I will never know. Ortega dropped him in the third round and jumped on that guillotine. And as soon as he jumped on that guillotine, I look, I look over at uh, my buddy Jacob, who I was watching the fights with at work. I know I shouldn't be doing that, but, you know, big fights, I'm not going to not watch them. And I go, oh, that's over. That's it. That's locked in. And the longer it went on, the longer I was like, he's not getting out of this. He's not getting out. And then he just got out. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. And try to figure out how he even got out. He just slipped out. I don't know if Brian lost his grip. I don't know. I didn't. It didn't look like he had um, control with his other hand on the other side of the guillotine. I think he just kind of. He might have just had it. Had the one hand under there and has been squeezing. Maybe he's grabbing his bicep. I don't. I don't know. I'm gonna have to go back and look. But either way, I don't know how Volkanovski got out of that. And then he did. And then he just got out of it. And then he got on top and started ground and pounding. And then I was like, you got to get out of there, Volkanovsky. You got to get out of there. He's going to triangle you. He's gonna, you're leaving that arm in there. And he grabbed his arm and put him in a fully, fully locked-in triangle. And I was like, oh, he can still get out of it. And then he put him on his back in the triangle. And I was like, no. And then he got the arm. And I was like, he's going to take his arm. It's over. That's it. There's no way he's getting out of this. Ortega's jiu-jitsu is so good. They call him T-City for a reason. He's in a fully locked-in triangle. He's got the arm. He can take the arm or he can choke him with the triangle. And then he fucking gets out of it. I am going nuts at this point. I am at work. People are looking at me. I am yelling at my phone. Good thing I'm the boss or else I'd be fired. It's He got out. And then he wins the round, and it's a 10-8 round for Volkanovski. Almost finishes the fright, fright, fight. Brian can barely get up. Herb almost stops the fight in the corner. And they go on to have two more rounds of an absolute war. Yes, I am yelling into my microphone by myself. It was so crazy. One of the best fights I have ever seen. God. Incredible fight. Volkanovski gets the win. I don't know what's next for Brian. He looked so sensational versus the Korean zombie. And then you get him in these title fights. Is he the best fighter in the world? Not named Volkanovski. And not named... Max Holloway. He, he very well could be. He very well could be. And, and Volkanovski, I understand a lot of people are upset that he won that decision versus Max Holloway. I thought Max won that second fight as well. I thought Volkanovski won the first fight, but I thought Max won that second fight as well. But man, we you gotta put some respect on Alexander Volkanovski. You have to. I mean, he is bona fide the best featherweight in the world. Maybe, maybe, maybe Max Holloway is. We'll see if they when, when they fight. I mean, there's no if when they fight again. Like I said, if if Max wins a third fight with Volkanovski, I thought he won the second. So then we'll call. You know, 
obviously. Max is the greatest featherweight of all time either way, but man, you have to at least put some respect on Volkanovski's name. He's going to beat anybody else not named Max Holloway. And even he might beat Max for a third time. We don't know. We don't know how much he's improved. So we'll I man, I cannot wait. I really I know Max has that fight with Yair Rodriguez coming up, but man, there is part of me that just wants to be wants him to be like, hey, I don't want to take that fight with uh, with Yair, and just say fuck it and go for the title fight with Volkanovski. Because God, I would love to see that fight again. We'll see how improved Volkanovski is. I mean, and Max just keeps getting better, and he's still young. He's like twenty nine, or maybe he's thirty now. He's still young though. God, I want to see that fight. But hey, UFC, like I said, UFC two sixty six is uh my event of the year so far so and we got some good ones coming up ufc 267 268 all right let's get into the fights this weekend yes there are more fights this weekend tiago santos and johnny walker let's break down a little bit of the main card here for you uh first we got aspen lad and macy chasson uh aspen lad has not fought in almost two years december of 2019 she fought yana kaninskaya she won that fight. Uh, great, you know. I think that's her. I think her. She only has one loss in her career. One loss in the UFC. Uh, she's fun to watch. I always love watching her fight. She's so soft-spoken, but she gets in there and she is an absolute savage. And then Macy, she's on a two-fight win streak right now. Uh, just fought in March. Um, she beat uh, Marion Renew via decision. Uh, good fight. Macy's really fun to watch. She's an absolute savage as well. Should be a really interesting fight. I think she won the Ultimate Fighter at 145, so it's interesting this year at 35. Um, really big for the weight class. Great jiu-jitsu, fun to watch. And we got Misa, Misha. Uh, man, I, again, these Russian names are so hard for me. Kurikov? Uh, Kri- Kurikov? Misha Kirikov, I think, and uh, Christoph Jocko. Uh, Misha's coming off a loss to Ryan Spann in, back in March and only has uh, two wins uh, since 2017, so this might be a do-or-die situation for Misha here. Um, both wins, though, um, both are via submission, uh, one to Patrick Cummings, one to Jimmy Crute, and he did look really, really good in those fights, dominated those fights. I don't know if you watched them. Um, and then uh, Christoph Jocko, on the other hand, 3-1 and one in his last four. He is coming off a loss to Sean Strickland, but it appears almost everybody is coming off a loss to Sean Strickland. He is proving to be uh, one of the best uh, one of the best in the game right now. It looks absolutely great. Um, should be a really interesting fight. Uh, Misha is probably going to look to get to the ground, try to look for a submission. Uh, but Christoph Jocko is uh, absolutely lightning on the feet, super sharp, very fast. Should be an interesting fight. I mean, all these fights this weekend are... Um, Sleepers, in my opinion. You got some absolute wars, and this is one as well. Alex Oliveira versus Nico Price. I mean, you can't ask for anything more in a fight. Two guys are always looking to scrap. Um, he Oliveira is coming off of two submission losses in his last couple fights, uh, most notably uh, last to Randy Brown in April, uh, April 24th. Didn't look fantastic in that fight. Guy was uh, finished pretty quickly. Dominated pretty qu- pretty quickly. Not something we're used to seeing happen to Alex Oliveira. He even if he loses, he usually makes it a fight. But he got absolutely dominated in that fight. 
And then Nico Price has not won a fight since 2019 uh, when he uh, beat James Vick with that incredible upkick. Um, and coming off of two losses, one to uh, Vincente Luque, a no-contest fight with Cowboy Cerrone, which was an incredible fight. And then he lost to Michael Pieria in his last fight. But like I said, two guys that are absolute savages. Uh, either way, should be a very, very, very fun fight. I'm definitely excited to watch it at least. Co-main event of the evening is Kevin Holland versus Kyle Dukakis. Uh, Kevin Holland, obviously coming off of two losses in a row, struggling with his wrestling. Uh, I believe he's over at AKA working with uh, Daniel Cormier and all those guys, all those Russian savages. So I'm actually really excited to see his improvements on the ground. I mean, he, he had an incredible 2020, five wins, four knockout or TKO wins um, in, those four, in those five wins. So if he can get his wrestling on point, this guy could be an absolute stud, stud, could be champion one day, who knows, who knows, maybe I'm uh, giving him too much uh, leeway, but I don't know, maybe he could be champion, you never know, anyway, and Kyle Dukakis, 1-2 and two in the UFC, all of them are decisions, including his losses, obviously, and uh, coming off a loss to Phil Haas back in May, but... Here's what is exciting about this fight. Kevin Holland, like I said, working on his wrestling. Kyle Dukakis, eight of his ten wins are, are, are submission wins. So this fight is more than likely to go to the ground. And if it does, I would like to see either A, if Kevin can get up from it going to the ground, or B, if he just defends the takedowns altogether. Maybe, hey, who knows? Maybe Kevin Holland will... Uh, Win this fight, um, take down, uh, maybe not win this fight, uh, get a takedown of his own. Who knows? I don't know if he wants to go to the ground with this kid, but hey, you never know. He's a crazy, crazy guy. I love Kevin Holland. Love watching him fight. Is always exciting. And then the main event of the evening, a very uh, interesting fight with Tiago Santos and Johnny Walker. Uh, I don't know if this is too, maybe if it's too much for Johnny Walker, too much, not too soon, but... I mean, Tiago's coming off of three losses. I know I know he lost to John Jones in a fight. I thought he, you know, you could have argued that he won uh, the last three rounds. Uh, lost to Teixeira and then lost to Alexander Rakic. Uh, Teixeira, obviously, you know, fighting for a title. So it's not, it doesn't hurt for <laughs> if you lose to Teixeira. And then uh, Rakic is absolutely sensational as well. Fun to watch. And, I mean... Walker's also one and one and two in his last three fights. Uh, just got a, a, a W versus Ryan Spann last year, um, but lost to Nikita Krylov and Corey Anderson pretty decisively. Um, so man, this is going to be a tough fight for Johnny Walker. I I don't see Johnny Walker winning this fight, especially if we get the Tiago Santos that fought John Jones and was fighting for the title and knocking everybody out. This could be a real, real tough fight for Johnny Walker, but hey, you never know. He hasn't fought in a while. We'll see. Hopefully, he's made some uh, improvements. He's hopefully he's not as reckless as he used to be, because I mean, if you fight Tiago Santos reckless, it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be good. That dude hits absolutely so hard. He hits so hard. <laughs> Let's do some live predictions while we're here. Uh, I'm gonna take Aspen Lad uh, versus Macy Cheston. Uh, Chasson, I don't know how to pronounce her last name either. I'm going to take her to win that fight via decision. I'm on verdict right now, by the way. 
Uh, if you guys haven't downloaded Verdict, you got to download Verdict. It's so much fun. I predict all my fights on here. It's fun to score rounds, and they always post on Instagram, you know, what, you know, what, you know, if there's a controversial decision, they'll post a Verdict scorecard as well to see if it was uh, accurate as far as everybody else predicting the fight. And we're going to go with Christoph Jocko here, knockout round two. Uh, I think he's going to get it done. Misha hasn't looked super good in his last few fights. So we're going to take Jocko in that one. I know he's on a little losing streak as well, but I think he's going to get it done. Alex Oliveira, Nico Price. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Nico Price in this fight. We're going to go ahead and call it TKO second round. I think he's just going to be too much for Oliveira. I think Oliveira's kind of withering a little bit here. He's getting a little old. He's got a lot of miles on him. And Nico Price is just an absolute savage, absolute stud. I'm going to go with uh, the Kevin Holland, Kyle Dukakis fight. We're going to go with Kevin Holland via decision. And then in the main event, we are going to go Thiago Santos via knockout. Let's go a third round. I think this is going to be too much, uh, too soon for Johnny Walker. And he's going to – I don't think it's going to be good for Johnny Walker. But, hey, maybe he'll surprise me. Who knows? But not a paid endorsement by Verdict. I just love the app so much. I've been using them for about three years now. So, so much fun for the MMA community. They have a really fun Discord as well. I'm on that. So, hey, jump over there to their Discord. Super fun. All right, that does it for fights. Let's just go over to uh, some news and current events, uh, obviously. Oh, I saved this for uh, the end of the podcast. I didn't want to kill the mood, but John Jones in that situation... I mean, it's it's bad. Um, he uh, allegedly headbutted a cop car and pulled his fiance's hair and yanked it. And this is all with his kids, uh, alleged allegedly, uh, in front of his kids as well. And it's it's just a really bad situation. I don't know what we're gonna do with John. It was exciting. The we're hoping to come, you know, him come back really soon. And this was all during, like, after his his Hall of Fame induction ceremony. It's just it's just really depressing. Um, he did release something today, might have been today or yesterday on Instagram. Yeah, he just can't drink alcohol anymore. He's got too much trauma. So I I wish the best for John Jones. It's just really hard at this point to uh, be optimistic about the situation, though. So it's just really unfortunate. And then, uh, but exciting news, Corey Sanhagen versus Piotr Jan for the interim title at UFC 267. Obviously, Aljermaine Sterling's out. He's not medically cleared to fight is what he's saying. I know he did get neck surgery, so I believe him. But super excited for Corey Sanhagen. I think he gets it done in this fight. Excuse me. Um, and UFC 267, by the way, if you live in the United States, is free. It's um, in Abu Dhabi. So it's going to be an early card, but um, it's going to be free. It's no no pay-per-view, so that's awesome. And then just announced, not just announced, I think it was announced last week, but uh, on here, jo- Jose Aldo and um, Rob Font will be fighting December 4th, and that is an absolute barn burner of a fight. And that is all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I know it's been a long time, but I'm really excited to be back. I'm really excited for things to come. Uh, thank you so so much for listening. Thank you. Um, by the way, my TikTok has done absolutely fantastic. I'm at 3,600 followers. So thank all of you guys for that. 
If you guys are just uh, hearing about this from uh, me from TikTok, let me know in the comments on TikTok. Let me know on Instagram. Let me know everywhere. But again, I really, really do appreciate each and every one of you that listen. And uh, I will be back every week from now on. Things are ready to go now. So appreciate y'all and have a great rest of your day. See you next week.